Welcome to the 517 Life Podcast, a ministry of the exchange. I'm Carrie Puckett, joined by Heather May and Tracy Lee, and today we're talking with Virginia Bowles. Virginia is a registered dietitian nutritionist with a heart for living life abundantly. We talk intuitive eating, positive self-talk, combating diet culture, and so much uplifting discussion about respecting and loving the bodies God gave us to live in. Enjoy this conversation with Virginia. I am so excited about our conversation today with my good friend, Virginia Bowles. Hey, Virginia, thank you so much for coming. Hey, Carrie, I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for asking me. I was a little, a little humble that you guys wanted to speak to me, so I'm glad to be here. Well, I just have seen that you have such a refreshing perspective on, I don't even know how to categorize it, anti-diet culture. Is that a (laughs) correct way to possibly categorize this? Absolutely. Okay. Um, That's definitely a hashtag, anti-diet. Oh, really? Good job. (laughs) Yay. Okay. Well, let's start. Just tell us a little bit about yourself first. My name's Virginia. I, um, first and foremost, I'm married to Tyler Bowles, our Connections pastor here at The Exchange. And we have a seven-month-old. <laughs> oh, I was about to say six. She's seven months tomorrow. Uh, her name is Luna Ray. And so that's our little family. But my career, I'm a registered dietitian, nutritionist. That's the full term. But I also have a certification as a health and wellness coach. So for my job, I do a lot of wellness coaching and nutrition counseling. But um, I also kind of do some things on my own as far as trying to promote healthy living, anti-diet culture through my Instagram, Bowls of Life, and also my blog, bowlsoflife.com. Awesome. So what exactly does that mean, anti-diet culture? And what is, I don't even know the correct questions to ask here. Tell us what that is. Yeah. So anti-diet is just one way to kind of term it, but um, to to not dig deep so fast, you know, so quickly, I just want to say anti-diet in general is just the concept of rejecting diet mentality, which today diet culture is so strong. We have all of the terminology, a lot of the conversations that you just hear um, candidly around. And then especially in the health and wellness world where I work, there's a lot of diet talk about shouldn't, shouldn't eat this, can and can't eat that. And a lot of um, dietitians and other health professionals in kind of the, the, the nutrition realm are, are working towards an anti-diet culture because we've seen that diets that are temporary are actually more harmful for the body physically and mentally. So we're trying to reject that mentality and that culture. So that's where anti-diet comes from. So what got you into the world of dietitian nutritionist career. I don't, I don't actually know another dietitian nutritionist. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and you, I'm either a dietitian nutritionist as, as long as you know, I'm registered under the, uh, our academy. That's, you know, you can call me either one. It's okay with me. Um, so th- the way that I got into this, I was diagnosed with type one diabetes when I was a teenager. And, uh, if you know anything about that, it's just an autoimmune disorder where your insulin, um, your pancreas doesn't create insulin. So I have to take that Um, through an insulin pump and that's very uh, controlled and managed by diet so as I um, was diagnosed I knew that the Lord had given me that I guess you could say or allowed that to happen so that I could help other people 
And I didn't know how that was going to work until a few years later when I realized I could be a dietitian. That's a career. And I went to college. um, And from the very beginning, I majored in nutrition and dietetics is um, what it's called. And I became a registered dietitian. And uh, from the very first nutrition class I took my freshman year of college, I knew that was exactly where I was supposed to be. So that's how I got in there. So as a teenager is when you were diagnosed, how did you, like, what did you feel like? How did you come to get that diagnosis and know, like, hey, something's not right with my body? Yeah. And go to the doctor to get that diagnosis. Very good question. My oldest brother, who's four years older than me, had been diagnosed with type 1 diabetes four years before. So we were about the same age when we were diagnosed, but he's four years ahead of me. So he was, um, we knew the symptoms because he had type 1 diabetes and when they started showing up in me, um, we kind of were alerted to it a lot quicker than we would have been had we not experienced it before. He was a more serious case when we found out about him. So um, we caught me early on. And once I started having symptoms, um, we, my mom, of course, who would want that news for another one of her children to have type 1 diabetes? She didn't want it to be that. No, it's this or it, it's just, you know, dry weather. You're drinking more water and you're drinking more water that's making you have to go to the bathroom more. Um but eventually checked my blood sugar with a glucose meter, um, which my brother had, and discovered that um, it was way out of range and went to the doctor and got things taken care of then. When I was uh, the first, the literal moment that I I checked my blood glucose or blood sugar, um, and it was very high, I remember it so distinctly. The first thought I had was, okay, God, I don't know what you're going to do with this, but you're going to do something, and I'm going to I'm here for it. Wow, that's that's a very mature teenager. <laughs> I know. I don't know <laughs> where that came from, people. and by no means was I, you know, like special or anything. But um, wow, I felt like a, that was where God maybe was going to use me. That's um, awesome. And He has so far. I feel like <laughs> I'm only uh, about three years into my career. So yeah. yeah. I have a question. You're talking about anti-dying. I consider myself a professional dieter. I have been on every diet. I can tell you the do's and don'ts Mm -hmm. for every single thing. And I can tell you cheats. (laughs) Like I can tell you back doors because they're so restrictive. Mm -hmm. And as a believer, you focus your mind more on the food than the freedom. So with the anti-diet movement, how are you hoping to battle this incredible industry that has just pounded in our minds for so long that we have to be restrictive or we can't be free? Which is an uh, oxymoron. Right, <laughs> you can't, right. You know. Yeah. That being restrictive is the path to freedom. Exactly. Oh, yeah. There you go. It's I yeah. got to look a certain way and be a certain size, and then I can be free of all exactly. this. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So um, that's a very good question. And sometimes I feel very overwhelmed by <laughs> that. How can I combat this, this diet culture that is so prevalent today? And I'm pulling up a Bible verse because I want to use it. But, um... First and foremost, um, we got to think of who we are as believers and as someone who believes in the Lord and um, Jesus as their Savior, we got to realize that we are who he says we are and we were created in his image and our truth and our value, our identity doesn't come from the world. Mm -hmm. It doesn't come from what media and society says we are supposed to look like or act like or um, eat like. And that's difficult because from the very beginning of our lives, we have had something shoved down our throat, not literally, it's 
since we are talking about food. <laughs> but as far as diet culture goes, because it's a money-making business. It's right. a billion, billion, billion-dollar business, uh, multi-billion. Um, and, and they're making money off of telling people how to look and how to eat and be very restrictive in their eating. Um, and to me, that's the enemy using diet culture to um, forget who created us and how he created us. Um, and also to just put a stronghold in our thoughts so that we can't even, um, look at food and look at our body in a way, uh, in a peaceful way, in a way that shows that our, our creator made us, um, so intricately, fearfully and wonderfully, um, and that to honor God, we, we can take care of our bodies, but not at the expense of our mental health, Mm. Um, not at the expense of um, our spiritual health. So um, how how do we do that? Um, well, I'm just dipping my toes into it. But if you know the scripture, it's in Romans 12, talking about renewing the mind. And I'm going to have a paraphrase here for it. If we constantly are renewing our minds with truth from God, don't be conformed to the world. Don't be conformed to diet culture. Get your truth from his scripture and from his word. And that is what is going to help you overcome whatever stronghold is in your life, whether it is diet and food or it's maybe something else. Mm -hmm. So um, that was a scripture that I came across recently that we think of it in different ways, maybe based on what's going on in our life. Mm -hmm. Um, But this time it meant something different to me. Um, and so here's my, my paraphrase. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Mm. So transforming your mind um, through scripture. So that's first and foremost how I think I can at least help mm-hmm. combat. It's so hard to do when you're constantly bombarded yeah. with things. And, you know, it's it's difficult. And I'll be quite honest, I've struggled with overeating my whole life. And there have been times and that I wish that I had a sin I could hide, mm. like even as much as like alcoholism. Mm-hmm. I wish I was an alcoholic because mm. then I could hide it. And that's not normal. I mean, right. That's not normal behavior to wish that you had another vice that you could hide because mm. there's so much shame publicly and having to deal with But as a culture, problems. we elevate yeah. certain sins as worse than others. For yeah. sure. So yeah. It's a cultural thing. Yeah. Yeah. But it's so, it's so much. Just last night, I'm walking through down in the grocery store walking down the aisle and these are the thoughts that I have I'm looking at something it says sugar free and then it says but this is not a low calorie food Mm -hmm. and then I turn around and it's like I'm trying to think of what the other thing was but there's just there's so many products yeah and they almost it's like where where do you even start yes and because it can be so overwhelming to go okay I know who I am in Christ but then I'm walking down the grocery store aisle and I'm, I want to make good choices. Especially when you're coming from a place of failure. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I think with diets, they, you're right. It, it's a lifestyle thing. There are so many buzzwords mm-hmm. that as a professional dieter, you know, that's mm-hmm. a lifestyle change. <laughs> eat more, eat less and move more. I mean, you yeah. know, I can tell you. But where do you begin? That's such a great question, Yeah, because Heather. butter is terrible for you. No, put butter in your coffee. Yeah, right. It's like whole milk is great for your bones. No, but that's fat. Too much fat. Right. Yeah. All the things. Yeah. Yeah, so lots of information out there. And 
already as a dietitian, I fight that day to day because people come to me and they're like, well, I heard that bananas aren't healthy for you because they have too much sugar. <laughs> Anytime you start with, I, I heard, heard, I'm yeah. sure that, that's or I read, <laughs> or I read. Yeah. Or, I saw on yeah. Google. So what, uh, you know, what we got to remember is, um, first and foremost, who we are in Christ and, um, how God created us. And now not everybody understands how the body works. So I have the privilege of knowing a lot more about our body and the hormones and the digestion processes and the, the nervous system and everything that works in our body that helps us survive. And God, God created us as very smart human beings. And so the second thing I would say we need to remember is our bodies are smart because God created them that way. So we have to remember that there are mechanisms in place in our body that are going to help us know when and what to eat, regulate our appetite. Um, and then you think about under when you're under stress and how that also will affect your appetite and even your, your digestion. Your digestion. Yeah. yeah. I was actually just reading about that yeah. um, this morning. But so, but again, if you don't know how the body works, that's a little bit more difficult. And then of course the actual nutrition component of the food that we eat so, again, privileged because I studied nutrition. I know a lot about food, probably more than I need to know, but um, enough to help me, you know, help others, especially when they have some sort of health condition. However, um, you got to remember where you're getting your information to. Um, is it somebody trying to sell you a product? Are they trying to make money off of the information that they're giving you or product that they're selling you? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. most of the basic nutrition information that you need to know is free. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it is free. Um, e even if you need more specific food pyramid from yeah. like yeah. Uh -huh. second grade. Yeah. Grade. So the food pyramid, which is now the, the, my plate. Um, so uh -huh. it's not a pyramid anymore. It is the, the, plate? the, my plate. Mm -hmm. okay. Uh, choose my plate.gov. So it's a, it's the USDA government, um, dietary guidelines. So again, free information that's out there. That's, that is based on research. Whereas you're going to hear, um, information from lots of other people out there who have maybe done some personal like testimony type research. Oh, it, it did this for me. It did this for me, you know, sort of thing versus actual like scientific, um, random control type research. And what works for one person might not work for the next person. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right. But the basic nutrition that you need to know is free information. So, um, and I'm not trying to discredit myself as a dietitian, a dietitian is very necessary when it comes to if you have a health condition, you know, there are specific mm -hmm. things you wouldn't just read in a book, you know, right. um, or, you know, read um, on the, the, the website um, of the choose my plate thing. But um, the thing is, again, our bodies are very smart and can help us. Um, and we it, but we have to be in tune with our bodies. And because of diet culture, diet culture has pushed so hard that your your eating patterns come from external sources. So what I mean by that is somebody else or something, an app, mm -hmm. for example, something else telling you this is what you should and shouldn't eat mm. um, versus what your body is actually Listening telling you. So um, intuitive eating, being in tune with your body is something that I promote a lot because um, it is it is a way to become more in tune with your body. Um, and then again, basic nutrition um, can help you eat what you need to eat to survive. Um, but again, we got to remember sometimes food is just food. <laughs> um, yeah. A lot of times, again, diet culture demonizes sugar or whatever, butter, it demonizes it and comes back and says it's fine. So it goes back and forth. Yeah. Um, but the basics are there. And when you say, listen to your body. Mm -hmm. Can you give us an example of what that means? Yeah. So, um, 
listening to your body. So when you think of uh, hunger, a lot of people might think of that as a negative thing or um, maybe that it's neutral for them. But we gotta, uh, we got, what we got to think of is how hunger actually tells us it's time to fuel. Mm-hmm. Um, so just not to compare us to cars, but when your car gauge, your, your, your fuel gauge starts to go low to empty, that's your car saying, hey, I'm not going to make it much further until you put some fuel in me. So we had those mechanisms within our body to say, hey, you need to fuel. Because once your body has used up the nutrients of the last thing you ate, that hunger starts to kick in um, because of hormones that start shooting off in the body. And so um, that's one way to listen to your body. Uh, Hunger is very, um, very important in our survival. You're hungry. You got to fuel. So it's not okay to say there's fat. Just eat that. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Can you just fuel my body from what's yeah. already in there? Yeah, what's already there, yeah. <laughs> That's not what you're talking about. Huh? No, no, not at all. <laughs> so what do you say to the mom who is on the go, and she has to stop at the st- soccer game, her kids are playing, and she just eats the rest of their chicken nuggets, and then she her neighbor's over here that is food prepped all week and has her mason jar <laughs> with her layered vegetables <laughs> and everything in it, and she just looks at that mom, and you know you immediately feel shame mm-hmm. because of the culture that we're in. What do you say to that? mom that's just trying to fuel herself (laughs) get very good for one thing stop comparing yourself to others um your lifestyle is um your lifestyle and it's individual to you and your family so um don't compare second of all do what you got to do to survive you know um sometimes you are working from you know paycheck to paycheck or minute to minute and you do what you got to do to get food in your system so that you are fueled and that's where we got to take away some of this diet culture mentality because just because you know, there's stuff out there saying whole oh, fried food is is the worst thing you can eat. Um, if that's the meal you get because you're on the go, um, then that's the meal you get. You you're feel you're still fueling your body. Um, we have to think of food as energy sometimes instead mm-hmm. of um, uh, you know breaking it apart into all these different you know nutrients, macronutrients, all that sort of thing. Yeah, um, I remember. I have like a Fitbit, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. so on the Fitbit app, there's this option to like track your food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And so. I have attempted that before and quickly deserted it because <laughs> no. Who wants to track <laughs> everything? Who wants to track all the things? And secondly, <laughs> like when I'm cooking at home, I don't know how to convert that into this app to yeah. tell me how yeah. many calories of what. It, yeah. It's exactly. just I feel like that's almost like micromanaging ourselves. Yeah, that's that um, external resource telling you um, kind of what you should and shouldn't eat kind of thing that I was talking about earlier. It is hard to track every single thing that goes into your mouth and even if you are very good at it you wouldn't do that the rest of your life so why is it you know and that's that is a tip that I give to everybody I talk to is um especially when we're talking lifestyle change or or diet um is it sustainable is this something you feel comfortable with doing the rest of your life um so yeah, that may not be something you want to do for the rest of your life and try to figure out every ingredient you put into your recipes. Mm-hmm. That's more stress than you need. I'm pretty sure the day that I put my one peppermint of five calories in there, I was like, <laughs> that was the day this you is knew stupid. it. This is not yeah, exactly. yeah that's, that's the moment where it goes, why am I tracking this? Yeah. Well, okay. So I have read pretty much, I think every blog you've ever posted, which I know yeah, you're still kind you're of building faithful. that because I am subscribed. Yes. And we'll talk about how to subscribe to your blog later, but I love it because I get my email that Bowls of Life has a new blog. I'm like, yes, speak to my soul. So I read this one recently, um, which, first of all, we met 
through the exchange. We served together on Youth First, and I yeah. think that's how we met. That's I actually remember first. the Sunday that my husband Austin had met y'all first, yes. and I don't, I wasn't there. I was somewhere else at the time, and he's like, you've got to meet this couple, Tyler and Virginia. Mm-hmm. We should hang out with them. It's like, cool. So then we started going to student life together, and eventually... Um, y'all started leaving a light, leading a life group, which we is what we call our small groups that meet together during the week. And I've really enjoyed becoming your friend through that. And so, and you don't mind me just texting you random like oh, questions. Gosh, no. Like <laughs> I drive a lot for work. I'm like, Virginia, how do I not eat sweet tarts and <laughs> drink Dr. Pepper to stay awake when I'm on the road? Because I like those and that's good and all. But for every time that I'm on the road, a little much for my body. Yeah. And you just, just answer me. <laughs> and it's awesome. Level. But so I was really excited one day. What was the answer to that? Just this is curious. <laughs> we'll come back to that. Do you remember? Okay. I think it was oh, gosh, something friend. about. Yeah. I don't want to try to remember because it was so long ago and I'll say it wrong. And she'll be like, whoa, that's not what I said. <laughs> but, um. But, so, when I got my email about this one particular blog, I remember texting you, again, like I do, saying, Virginia, thank you so much for this blog, because in this blog, I learned that I don't have to hate my body. Mm, Yeah. Like, why is that such a novel idea to me? Wow. I didn't really know that that's how I felt. But then I told you one day when you were over at my house for Life Crew, Mm -hmm. or something, um... (laughs) I was like, Virginia, like I used to be a toothpick like in high school. And as an adult, I'm just not a perfect toothpick anymore. And that bothers me because I used to be a toothpick. Why can't I stay a toothpick my whole entire life? And you said something, which I don't want to butcher your response, but about we don't stay the same size our whole life. You just don't. And I feel like that a lot of women need to hear that. So would you mind kind of saying that again for us here today? Thank you for bringing that up. Um, I really did want to touch on that. So... Uh, for, for some reason, diet culture has made us think that our body is supposed to look the way it looked at 15 years old or 20 years old for the rest of our lives, or that you can alter your body in such a way that it looks like JLo at 55 (laughs) years old, however old she is, I don't know. Um, so what we have to remember is that our bodies aren't meant to look like each other. We're all different. Our DNA with those billions and billions of little DNA parts, um, they, that's what makes us different. And so for one thing, we're not supposed to look like each other. Um, so any chart that tells you that you're supposed to fit within a certain mm-hmm. number or a category, to me it's just baloney because that's completely throwing out the individualism that God created in us to reflect his image. So don't you you can't compare your body to anybody else or even your past self because our bodies are meant to change. Our weight is going to change. I have I have a fresh experience on how my body has changed in the past year from being pregnant into having a child and breastfeeding. My body has changed a lot, but I've learned to love my body through that because of the blessing that it has given me. And regardless of what it looks like, I still have a purpose on this earth to bring glory to God through my child and future children and um, bring them up in a way that then still brings glory to God and furthers his kingdom. So um, if anybody that is listening 
could just hear this today and know that you are loved by your creator, the one who created the universe, the beautiful stars and the beautiful mountains and the sky and the, the trees and the grass and the flowers, the creation that you see that is so beautiful and you admire it. He didn't choose those to be with him in eternity. He chose us and he created us. So love yourself the way that he loves you. And through that love that you have for yourself, then you can treat your body well. And so something I wanted to mention that kind of answered, Tracy, your question earlier. Um, a lot of times you got to think about how you feel. Um, how does the choices you make make you feel as far as your energy levels or your digestion or, um, you know, are you going to sleep better or worse? And so um, treat, love your body and treat your body like you love it. Okay, first, I have to say that was beautiful. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I'm, like, tearing up over here. <laughs> and I think, I think for me, I, we've known each other a couple of years now, and I've, I've seen you live this out. Mm. And you exude, and I've told you this before, this confidence, this, um, I've always said, like, radiant. Mm. I always <laughs> use that word to describe mm. you because you live this out. And, and to be honest, I was curious. I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, she's confident in her body, but she's about to have a baby. So let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> and I've loved, I mean, I just did because cause for, for a lot of women, that's where it kind of the dynamic yeah. switches yes. drastically. Um, for me, that's kind of where that there, there's a line in the sand right yeah. there. And so I was very curious to see, to be able to watch you live that out and you've just done that so beautifully and I think you're just a an inspiration to oh. other women well thank you and let me say it has not been a hundred percent you see you see what I allow you to see right right <laughs> let me of say course. that and my sweet sweet husband um here's a little bit of my more vulnerable times right um can't say I haven't looked in the mirror and gone well that looks a whole lot different than it did <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> nine right. ten you know whatever months ago but it's what you do with those feelings because well, I think yeah. we're all going to have those feelings to some degree but yeah. how you're choosing to respond to those feelings right and um this uh, to respond to those feelings you know maybe some way I can help somebody that's listening um a lot of self positive self-talk Okay, we, we have negative thoughts and so quick um, to go to the negative, mm -hmm. um, but we have to insert tactics or therapies or practices, whatever you want to call it, to talk to ourselves positively and bring in the truth. Of course, the truth of the Lord, which you read through scripture, but um, you have to turn around your thoughts real quick or they're, they're, they're going to be set in, in cement and that's really hard to get up years down the road. Can you give some examples of some of that? Yeah. Are you talking about like look at yourself in the mirror? And talk yeah. To so, um, you know, just, okay. I'll just use personal examples. Um, stretch marks for me didn't occur until after I had my baby. What? Okay. I thought they were supposed to happen when your belly was stretched out, yeah. but they came <laughs> afterwards. And, um, I was like, Oh man, I thought I was gonna be that person that didn't get stretch marks on my belly and did. Okay. Whatever. So, um, I had to be like, you know what? It doesn't matter. That was one of my first thoughts. Like, why, why does this matter why to me? Why does this matter? Oh, why does yeah. this matter? That's a good question. Like, first of all, ain't nobody seeing my belly but my husband, and he <laughs> loves it, obviously. We have a child. <laughs> so, um, you know, that doesn't, why does it matter? And second of all, again, 
what what are these these are these are scar you know you know people you hear them like they're my marks that show whatever yeah you know they're they're technically like scars to show the white stripes yeah some people say. <laughs> i know i don't really want to say tiger stripes some yeah. people say that yeah um but they're they're there to remind me if anything that um i brought life into this world okay that's like a pretty i mean jesus brought life yes. into this world <laughs> but he used me your body as an instrument my yeah. body to bring yeah. life into this world and uh, just a re- reminder of um, how I'm being used by God um, so why does it matter um, you can kind of you know just you know think about who who am I trying to please you know am I trying to please people at the beach am I trying to please um, somebody who will never even see that part of me but more than anything let me say this this is something I've been learning recently your weight, your uh, pant size, your looks have, they bring, they're not what brings you value. And so that's another thing to remember, like regardless of what your weight is or whether anybody sees your stretch marks or not, that's not what brings you value. And uh, your value comes outside of that. Mm -hmm. Um, of, Of course, as a believer, we know that that comes from God. Um, that's, you know, we're, uh, we're children of God and that is where our value comes from. And, um, you gotta, sometimes you just gotta be neutral. Like it's just there is, you know, the stretch marks are there, the whatever's there, but regardless of whether they're not or whether I can even change it or not, doesn't matter because that's not going to bring glory to God. Um, it's hard enough to do that as an adult, but if you're raising a young daughter, Mm -hmm. I was just thinking the same thing. (laughs) How how do you, when you're struggling with that yourself, how do you try to install that confidence in your daughter? Yes. Yeah. That's a great question. Um, my child's only seven months old, so (laughs) no personal. You're doing a great job there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, we have to, we have to think about what we're saying out loud. No, of course we have to think about what we're saying to ourselves inside our minds. Um, and once that begins to change a little bit through practice, it's not going to happen overnight and it's not going to happen because you all of a sudden believe that God loves you. Um, it's, it's a practice, of of changing your thoughts, changing what you say out loud, um, changing what you look at on social media, Yes, changing where your information is coming in, mm-hmm. um, or even just, you know, your feed it, it, is mm-hmm. your social feed full of, uh, before and after photos of a fitness person. And that's just feeding into your, your or celebrities or, or celebrities. Yes. Or yeah. Or just yeah. polished and photoshopped photos. You got to think about that. So that's another process of changing your, your thoughts. So changing your thoughts, changing what you say out loud and remembering how, uh, I don't know what the word is, but children are so influenceable. Just made that word up, I think, but they're, they're easily influenced. Um, and, you know, one thing that you could say could stick with them for the rest of their lives. And I'm not saying that to be, you know, to, to freak, yourself, freak you out. Um, just, but just know that, you know, what we say in front of our children, boys and girls, um, is going to affect them. Because if they see that, that mommy or daddy um, isn't eating a certain food because they're afraid of how it's going to make them look, then, then your child may begin to develop some of those disordered eating patterns mm-hmm. and, um, have an issue with it later on in life um so yeah, yeah really that reminds me of that. something I heard an adult say one time that has always stuck with me and I've tried and I shouldn't but I'm sure at times I've tried to implement this in my own life like I'd rather see it in the trash than on my thighs <laughs> or something <laughs> like that or like I don't have any kids but like around my niece I try to not say things like 
Oh, I'm trying to think of examples. Yeah. Like yeah. comment negatively on my body right. in any way so that she will turn and look at herself and start thinking those thoughts too, which she may have never gotten there without hearing other people saying that. Or even say, even extending it from like parenting, but just around my girlfriends. Like mm-hmm. there have been numerous times in my life throughout the limited decades I've been on this earth <laughs> where we just start talking about everything we hate about our body. Mm-hmm. And if I say something negative about mine, then my friend's going to look at that, that on them and like compare it to mine. And, mm-hmm. and if they perceive that whatever it is I said that I didn't like about me, if they perceive that looks worse on them, then that just makes them look hor- sound feel horrible, right. you know? Yeah. And so really just around everybody, like I, yeah. I have something about you that I've noticed and maybe heard you say, I don't know, or write about is not talking about, I'm trying to figure out how to word it. Not making those negative comments about yourself or mm-hmm. o- or others, obviously. Yeah, um, for sure. Like, it's hard. It's hard. Again, it's it's a it's a practice of being mindful of what you're thinking and what you're saying. Um, but just quickly be the one that when someone starts commenting on their own body or on somebody else's, just reminding them, you know. First of all, that's God's creation that you're you're talking about. Like you're even even yourself, you're you're talking about yourself in a negative way. You're talking about God's creation. And I know that's something that we were told as children. Like you don't talk about somebody because you're talking about, you know, somebody God made, but that's that's the truth. Mm-hmm. So, um and and the more that we make those comments, the more we are giving in to diet culture. And so we have to just um we have to stop it somewhere. Mm-hmm. I actually heard somebody say the other day, they're like, would you say that to somebody else, what you're saying to Absolutely. yourself? I would never speak to somebody else the way that I've talked to myself, mm-hmm. ever. I would never tear somebody down that way and hurt them mm-hmm. uh, and say the things out loud to them that I say internally mm-hmm. to myself. Yeah, we're so hard on ourselves. I actually told um, a, a person I was working with the other day, I said, while you're working on this, you know, we were working through some... Um, food disordered eating issues Mm -hmm. and I was like when you talk to yourself talk to yourself the way you would talk to another person that you love because we for some reason are so hard on our own selves and so negative and Mm -hmm. um, critical of our own selves um, instead of grateful and uh, positive so we've talked a lot about combating the diet culture and that sort of thing. But that doesn't mean that you're saying by any means that people shouldn't pursue a healthy life for themselves. So I remember one of the things I text you like I do was I had seen something on social media about someone commenting that moderation was diet was a diet or something. And I was just like, that sounds so weird to me because I've always heard like the opposite of diet culture <laughs> is, diet. you know, just yeah. eat everything in moderation. And, and that sounded okay to me. And now I'm just like, I just don't understand. Like, how does somebody be healthy or pursue being more healthy than they currently are, but also not be so restrictive that it falls into the the yo-yoing of diet mm, culture and mm-hmm. stuff? Where is the balance there? Yeah, that's a, um, that's a, a very teetering tottering kind of balance it it can be very difficult but um I don't remember exactly how I responded to you but what I know is that anything can become a diet when your motives are in the wrong place um and it becomes something just you know temporary or to please a weight number a number on the scale or to please somebody else um so you know finding the balance between 
taking care of yourself and um, everything in moderation, you know, that, that can be really difficult. It could be one extreme to the other. You know, you could be let loose, do whatever you want, and that's how we live. But if we, if we kind of apply that in the same sense that we apply grace um, and, and remembering how Paul says, just because you can doesn't mean you should. I don't know the exact verse, but just because it's permissible doesn't mean um, it's um, good for you or something like that. Um, so it, it's coming back off of this whole restrictive, I'm trying to weigh a certain or look a certain way. Um, ta- I'm taking care of my body um, to be an instrument for the Lord, you know, to, to, you, to be used by him. Um, so I don't know if I really answered your question, just kind of talked around it, but uh, yeah, that's a hard balance to find and it takes some work and it takes maybe working with somebody else, um, professional, whether it's a, an anti-diet dietitian or, um, a therapist or something like that. But I like the, what you said about the motivation, because I do yeah. think it goes down to the motivation. There are, there are times where I'm like, Ooh, I want to step on the scale this yeah. morning because maybe I've been eating good for, yeah. you know, two days and I'm like, Oh yeah, it's going to yeah. really show. <laughs> but I, I can stop myself to go like, why does that number matter to me? Yeah. What and so and I can stop myself by going, okay. So my motivation is to hit a number, and if I get on the scale and I don't hit that number, is that going to wreck my day? It's probably right. not the wisest move, right? Because my motivation is skewed yeah. in that moment. Or why why do I not want to eat that thing? Yeah. Or yeah. why do I feel shame that I just ate that thing? Is yeah. it because you know thinking? Is it because I want to weigh a certain number? Because when you get to that number, does that really bring you the joy that is you know what you need in life? Or is it? I'll uh, let you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you think why? Why am I trying to get to this number? What's important about that number? And do, will that actually bring me what I need? You know, will that actually bring me happiness? Or am I missing out on something else in life? Um, but also, you know, your motivation of am I doing this because of the way it makes me feel? Mm-hmm. Because I want to treat my body well. Mm-hmm. Why am I trying to conform to a number mm-hmm. when I should just be listening to my body and saying, I know if I eat this, it will give me energy. Right. Or I know if I eat this, it will taste good. There's nothing wrong with food tasting good. Enjoy it. We know that the Lord made food to taste good. And uh, the verse taste and see that the Lord is good is evidence right there that A, God is good, but yeah. also B, that food is supposed to taste good. And that's part of his his character being he is good yeah. that we take for granted that right. he gave us like he could have made the food for energy taste exactly like carbon energy only and yeah some of it does yeah, but yeah. The, not the kind that yeah. he provided for us <laughs> and he could have made it but he made it taste so good and so different and so yeah. colorful and we take those things for granted yeah. that that's that's a picture of his goodness mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so the 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 balance kind of going back to carrie's question as well the balance between i gotta take care of my my body and nourish my body. But part of that also includes my mental health, yes. um, my spiritual health. And so, um, you know, it's okay to eat food that tastes good and enjoy it. You know, we got to discover that satisfaction and be okay with it. Um, and not think that just because it tastes good, it must be bad for us, which I hear so often is very, um, annoying, but, um, <laughs> just because we're misled. Right. Um, but you know, just, you know, taking care of your body, but also knowing that like food is here for pleasure, um, as well. So, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. This is kind of new territory for me. And I was talking with you a little bit the other day about this, but I have, um, recently kind of, um, found myself, I kind of have it marked on, uh, on a date on my calendar as the day this year, earlier this year that I feel like God healed me from my food addiction. Hmm. But like what you were saying, that started for me by going to therapy. 
mm. and kind of working through some some things, not even food related, right? But just some things that I didn't even know, some emotions that I was not processing in a healthy way, where food was then comfort. I'm kind of living in this new life of okay, now I don't I don't feel the same need to run for comfort because mm-hmm. I'm 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 dealing with some of the things that were kind of tucked deep inside, and so it's like, well, what? Okay, well then, this is all new territory for me. Yeah. So I'm eating for nourishment. Um, so I do believe, like what you said, um, you know, I know there are a lot of people who struggle with that being addicted to food. Yeah. Um, because it's very, very easy. Yeah. Um, then for me, I don't know. I, w- I couldn't tell you when it started. Mm-hmm. I think some of that is how what I saw model growing up. I think that has some stuff to do with it. But, um, but there's hope, and I think it does start. Tracy and I were just talking about this the other day. Rather from the outside in, it really truly starts from the inside out mm-hmm. because you can diet all day. And as we've talked about, it's not a lifestyle change mm-hmm. and it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. A lot of those are very, can be very dangerous for mm-hmm. your body. But when you start on the ins from the inside out first, spiritually, mm-hmm. where, where am I with the Lord? Who do I really believe who he says I am? Mm-hmm. And then mentally and emotionally, you got to get healthy. And then that mm-hmm. may be, um, you may need to speak with a therapist. You may m- need to have somebody ask those good questions mm-hmm. of you to kind of get some stuff out that you may not even know is there. Mm-hmm. And maybe you don't even realize I'm turning to food for comfort. But mm-hmm. if you've got shame associated with food, mm-hmm. I would bet mm-hmm. it's probably time to see a therapist. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Um, guilt and shame should not have any place in our eating because um, food has no morality. Mm. It's just food, as we said, for nourishment and enjoyment. Oh, that's so good. Um, that's good. You Can are not you say that again. Yeah. So food, food, has no food has no morality is not our moral compass. There is no good and bad. And that's another terminology that mm-hmm. diet culture has put out there mm-hmm. that we need to be mindful of, especially with children. Um, you're not bad because you eat something. You're not good because you eat mm-hmm. something or don't eat something. Um, you know, you have to reject that mentality in thinking that uh, your your moral compass is determined by what you eat or don't eat. Mm-hmm. Um, so that guilt and shame cycle that tends to happen, um, that's a result of just the culture around diet. Um, and food is very intricate in that it does bring um, pleasure. And those can send off receptors in the brain that tell us, hey, that felt good. You know, remember that for when you're stressed out. Remember this for when you um, are in a time of, you know, dealing dealing with depression or anxiety or just even if it's um, even just a minimal, you were upset that day because you had a bad day at work. So your body has these awesome mechanisms in place. Again, we got to remember, we've got to trust our bodies um, to help you feel good so you're in, saying that's in okay. times of need. Yeah, so it's it, okay to... It's that time of the month and you're craving yeah. some extra yeah. chocolate. Yes. That's okay. So here, here's a good example. Um, when you've had a bad day um, or you are on you know that time of month and you're feeling like I just need some chocolate, um, respect that. Respect your body in that. And you, we know that it can bring us some comfort. But then also respect your body in the way that says, okay, when, when does this, when do I need to stop? You know, when is this going to start making me feel overly full? When is it going to start making me feel sluggish? When am I going to realize that this really isn't fixing the problem that I have right now? Mm, That's good. So whether you're angry, you're tired, you're lonely, um, or you're just hungry, whatever it is, you gotta, you gotta figure out the root of the issue. So if you're eating for comfort or emotional reasons, food is loyal. It's always going to be there and it's a great Mm -hmm. comforting mechanism. Um, but again, respect your body, take care of it, 
but get to the root of the issue. Because if you're tired and you're eating because you're tired, what would really actually help is if you go take a nap (laughs) (laughs) or go to bed earlier. Uh, Easier said than done. I understand that. But just, just that's a small example for if, um, you are going through a serious, stressful situation, um, the cycle becomes that food becomes your kind of your outlet um, instead of actually getting to some therapy that could help you work through the issues that you're dealing with or um, spiritual prayer and meditation and, and getting to the root of some issues that might be going on within you. So um, it's it's a tool, but food can be a tool for comfort, but we got to remember to take care of ourselves and, and get to the root of the issue. So balls of life. Yeah. What got you started with starting to share this publicly a little bit through Mm. blog and social media? Okay. So first of all, Bowls of Life started as just a fun little blog, um, turned into a little bit of a recipe thing for a while. So I shared some recipes that got a little overwhelming. So I had to back off on that. Um, and I still then, cook those recipes, by the way. Oh, I know. I love it when you <laughs> tag me. I'm like, Carrie's still using my recipe. Making my pumpkin yes. chili. Yes. Oh, it's pumpkin really good. I just, you so just made good. something a couple weeks ago chicken and I said, enchilada. that looks, I need that recipe. And she said, yeah. oh, the chicken life. enchilada. Yep. What's, in, your little what's in my pantry today? Soup. That's where that, that uh, <laughs> recipe came from. <laughs> um, very, I was awesome. very proud of that one. It's really anyway, good. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, recipes for a little while. Um, but this is something, this, um, I don't even, you know, anti-diet, whatever you want to call it, intuitive eating, um, just more grace-filled, abundant living. Um, God put that on my heart a while back, and it's kind of, it's a play on, on the word. So my last name is Bowls, Bowls of Life. Came down to it that uh, John 10, 10, Jesus came so that we would ha- have abundant life. Um, so if we think Bowls of Life, Abundant Life, that's kind of where I'm tying those in two together. But um what is abundant life and, and what did Jesus die for? So um, is is counting things in your Fitbit app giving you abundant in abundant nope. living? No, it's not. <laughs> so um, that's kind of where I'm, I'm leaning to. But uh, all that to say, this is a journey I've been on for a little while, um, just through my practice that I've, I've had as a dietitian, getting really frustrated with people who um, – and I say frustrated, I mean like I feel I feel for them because they're dealing with diet cycling or weight cycling or or shame and, and guilt around food and with their bodies. And I just I needed to find a way to help them. And I came across this type of um, of living and thinking and it had been stirring up in me for months and months and months. And I was like, I want to write about this. I want to share this. But I'm, I'm, I'm a person, if we're talking about the Enneagram, and I'm an Enneagram 9. I don't like to disrupt the peace. So to speak out can be conflicting if someone doesn't agree with you or if it you know, might ruffle their feathers a little bit because they have to change their thought process. So it's hard for me sometimes to talk about it one-to-one, um, but I felt like, uh, even th- the funny thing was I really started the Instagram after fasting from Instagram. So I don't know what that was about, but it was like, I'm trying to cut back on Instagram. Then all of a sudden I felt like God was leading me towards sharing this information in some way. And since social media is something I really do like to do on a regular basis, um, this was my outlet and, uh, by no means, I mean, I don't, I have like 66 followers right now, so it's not like a huge thing by any means, but, um, every, and I just want to say this. Um, every post that I've made, and I've not made a whole lot, but um, in the past maybe month and a half that I've had this Instagram um, and, the, and the, the blog as well, has been straight from God. 
it was not anything that I just sat there and planned and, and thought over and thought this would be great for people to hear, which it, it was and it is, but it was um, a thought that I feel like God laid on my heart. And a lot of times it came out of scripture that I read um, that related to a thought maybe I was wanting to share. Uh, and so that's been really cool just to watch God work through that through me. Um, as I read scripture, as I'm going through the Bible this year, um, God has made it really evident that may, this is where he wants me to land um, as far as right now on helping people um, trust their bodies in the way that God has made them love their bodies um, and live a life, live an abundant life through Christ. I love your posts and your stories, your Instagram stories. They're so encouraging. Like I don't miss one. When mm. I see that you post, it's like, oh, <laughs> and it's either going to be some encouragement around eating or beautiful pictures of your little girl. Speaking of mothering and mm. food, mm -hmm. you recently transitioned or in the process of transitioning your seven month old mm -hmm. to food. Yeah, and I know a lot of times um, <laughs> parents struggle with getting their kids to eat the right foods. Yeah. And, and it, I would think it all kind of starts when they are introduced yeah. and how they're introduced to food. Can you talk a little bit about what you're doing for Luna? Absolutely. Oh, I'd love to talk about this. So um, first and foremost, do not compare yourself. Do what you do. Do what you think is best for your child. Um, and second of all, what I'm about to tell you about is not 100% guarantee your child won't be picky for a little while because for the most part, children are going to be picky at a certain age, around two to four years old. Um, because I'm a mother, I've done a lot more research, even at work, you know, for stuff for work. But um, what we're doing with Luna, we skipped the purees, and we went straight to what we call table foods or finger foods. Uh, it is a way of feeding your child that's called baby-led feeding or baby-led weaning. And all it is is just offering your, your, your child, your baby, um, and you can't offer it until six months because we're waiting on the digestion process or digestion uh, system to be ready to um, process these foods. Um, skipping purees, um, preparing foods in a way that they can hold it and can gum it in their mouth so that it's not a choking hazard. So you would really want to make sure you're preparing them correctly. So look into um, some research about it if you're going to try it. Uh, and then you're feeding your child what you're eating. Um, but, you know, of course, being mindful of the salt intake or certain you know, ingredients that may not be, um, you know, what children or what babies can eat at that time. But she eats at the table with us. She eats pretty much the same foods we eat. It might be a little de deconstructed or changed so that it's prepared for her. But um, the idea behind it is that it's just a little bit more natural. You're offering the opportunity for, for your child to eat as much as she wants. You're not putting food into her mouth. She's putting food into her mouth. So she's in control. Uh, again, our bodies are made in a way that have great mechanisms in place to keep you from choking. So there will be some gagging just like there always is with feeding a baby. But the gagging is to help them um, learn how to swallow. Are and you sure the around. gagging is not because I saw a picture <laughs> of her sitting up holding this stock of broccoli. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she ate. She liked it. That was what, that was the first food she tried. So okay. um, not a whole lot of eating happened that I night. I loved yeah. that because you, yeah. you just don't see that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, that. I it's really not a new thing because I'm sure people did it way back in the day before doctors and like medicine started coming in and, and starting to put rules around things. And before there was a ginormous baby food market. Yeah. Right. And exactly <laughs> before there was a baby. I mean, why waste your money when you can just feed it the foods you're eating? And it is expensive. It's expensive. And if you make your own, if you it make takes your own, a lot yeah. of time. It's yeah. And expensive. even, yeah, even <laughs> if you're pureeing the foods that you make, you still got to take a little extra time. Um, 
So the idea behind it is just offering foods that are appropriate for children to eat, or babies, I should say, to eat um, in a way that's, you know, safe for them, allowing them to be in control of what goes into their mouth so that they are prepared with their own bodily mechanisms to um, chew and swallow or gum and swallow. And uh, the idea is also to help them get a, a, a wide variety of taste of foods. Uh, so hopefully they won't be as picky. But just so you know, moms out there, children will go through a stage where they're going to be a little picky. Some may not, but some most likely will. And you just have to let your child um, listen to their listen to your child, listen to their body, um, because uh, their bodies really are telling them the reason why they might say they don't want a food anymore is because maybe that's not what they need right then. Um, and they're also very intuitive to know how much to eat. And so don't, um, don't feel like your child's throw not it eating out enough. altogether. Maybe exactly. offer it at a different time. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So um, there's a whole, whole lot behind that. But baby led weaning is what we're doing. It's been really fun watching her learn how to chew and swallow. And she loves to eat. And it's only been about a month in now. She's done very well. Um, and she, it's, it's also a sensory thing for her. So she's t- touching and learning how foods work and what they feel like. Um, but again, you know, your, your child is, it's their own individual self. So you as the mother have to choose what is best for your child. Well, you are killing this mom thing. Oh, good job. Thanks. Can you give us maybe a resource that we can link to in the show notes as well? Of like, if somebody's interested in exploring that further, the yeah. baby led feeding. Is that yes. What you baby it? led weaning, baby led weaning, weaning is typically feeding? what you're going to see. So, um, if you want to Instagram, there is at baby led wean team. So, um, baby led wean team. That is a, um, Instagram you can follow that gives you great examples and even videos to help you feel more comfortable. Um, there is a book and, um, I want to give you the proper name of it. So we're going to pause real quick so I can find it. The book that I read that really helped me was called baby led weaning, the essential guide. And it's by Jill Rapley, PhD and Tracy Merkett. And so that was a really helpful book to read before we got started. And just be mindful, you know, if you're searching on Pinterest for ideas, um, just make sure whatever information you get um, come, is coming from a credible source. You know, there's going to be some mommy bloggers out there that have some great ideas too. Um, just as long as you're feeding your baby safely, that's all that matters. You don't want to create any issues there. But Baby Led Wean Team on Instagram and then that book resource are two things that I've used that have been really helpful. And my air fryer is amazing as far as cooking foods for her to eat. <laughs> awesome. awesome. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. And so where can people find you on Instagram? At Bowls of Life. B-O-L-E-S. B-O-L-E-S. Okay. Yes. Yeah, and we'll be sure to put that in the show Bowls notes too. And yeah. your blog Bowlsoflife.com. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I've so been so looking forward this to this. This podcast is all about new life. Yeah. And so we've kind of started something that we like to end with, oh, with fun. telling us about something new. And in this case, I think it would be appropriate to say, is there a new recipe Ooh. that you have tried or you would recommend? Okay. And we oh, can we can put the recipe in the show notes. Yeah, so this is a really it. hard question because I'm one of those people who, like, I hardly ever use the same recipe twice because I like mm-hmm. to try new ones. Um, and that's not completely true. I do use a lot of things twice, uh, more than once, but... Um, one of my favorite ones, I'm actually, can I share two? I'm going to share a difficult one. Of course one. you can share two. I'm going to share a <laughs> difficult one that takes a You can a share little ten. Bit I need all the help I can. <laughs> I don't ever know what to cook. Uh, I'll share a difficult one and then I want to share an easy one. So I'll start with a difficult one. Uh, it's called vegetarian shepherd's pie. 
and uh, it's vegetarian. It's just not using any meat, but it uses tons of vegetables. So that's where a lot of the work comes in. You have to prepare a good bit beforehand. But um, if, if you know shepherd's pie, you know most of the saucy meats um, on the bottom, and then the mashed potatoes are on top. Well, of course, it's the saucy vegetables. And I'm not a chef by any means, so my wording is probably totally wrong. Saucy vegetables. Saucy I like vegetables. That. <laughs> uh, so you have your kind of sauce with all the cooked vegetables on the inside and um, anything from corn to celery to green bean to English pea, uh, tomato, all of that um, goodness on the inside. And then the mashed potatoes on top. Oh, my gosh. It was so good when I had it and made it. Um, but it does take a good bit of time. Um, so I can share with you that recipe. And then the other one made recently that um is super easy i think it's called like enchilada stack enchilada chicken stack and it's literally just like tortillas enchilada sauce and then whatever you want to put in between but it mostly calls for like refried beans shredded chicken if you want a meat base um and then beans corn black, black beans specifically uh, and that's pretty much it and then you just layer it like you would a lasagna and um cook it in the oven oh cheese of course don't forget the mexican fiesta cheese um <laughs> the best and also then, another reason why i love <laughs> you yeah, yeah. <laughs> i want to sit across from somebody who's gonna say have mexican have cheese. eat cheese oh my gosh we love mexican. <laughs> and refried beans yeah, my yeah, yeah. favorite so, uh, <laughs> so carrie and tracy will make the um vegetarian shepherd's pie i'm yeah. sure because that's the difficult and i'll be <laughs> i can try out the easy go for the the five ingredient enchilada right. stack uh, cook in the oven for a little while and so i will easy. say on her blog, bowlsoflife.com, she has her whole recipe archive from yeah. back in the day when she was sending out like seven recipes a week. Oh, gosh, that was difficult. But, yes, there is a recipe I've archive. a lot of them. I love them all, especially the pumpkin turkey chili. Y'all yeah. look up that one. And the chicken chipotle enchilada soup. Yeah. Okay. I guess I'm a chili soup person. Those yeah. are my yeah. favorites. Yeah, those are good. I hope to keep adding more. Um, yeah, I love recipe. I love cooking. It's well, we'll fun. share links to food. those mm-hmm. so that you everyone can find them. Yes. We have so enjoyed having you on today. This has been a real treat, and I think we all learned a lot. Thank y'all. Thanks for listening to the 517 Life Podcast. We mentioned several great resources today, including the Bowls of Life Instagram and blog that we've linked to in the show notes. Follow us on Instagram at 517 Life Podcast. Share and subscribe so you don't miss a minute of life.